Hello everyone and welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. We're just uh, here podcasting for the weekend. I don't know. Are we going to try that? Are we trying that slogan there? I don't think so. Uh, maybe. Crofton, what do you think? You're here. I'm here. Let's talk. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, I know. Uh, we're just, Ryan and I were just commiserating prior to the show and we mm-hmm. were we're both looking forward to the weekend this week. We're working for the weekend, so to speak. I think there's so, a song. Uh, Along those lines, that if we sang, everybody's we working yeah. for the weekend. I think that's it. Yeah, but I mean, don't sing anymore. Or we'll be sued, and our our YouTube channel will be shut down. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, do we have a YouTube channel? We do not. Um, but if we oh, did, it would be shut down. We wouldn't be able to create one. They just block us due to poor singing. Actually, their their recognition software wouldn't even be able to identify that it's copyrighted. It's just material. it's just like <laughs> why why what are all these these videos of cats screaming? I don't understand. The first yeah uh, yeah are cats screaming trademarked? You know, uh, <laughs> I I mean maybe the cat lobbyists who are certainly uh, you know the fat cats. Yeah, the fat cats. You know that's right. The Aristocats. Uh, yeah that's actually not a bad it's uh i don't remember that movie very well but i know there were cats and they were fancy i can't remember i I watched it before disney plus like there was like four disney movies on netflix and that was one of them so i watched it with my daughter and and it it actually is good for young kids because there's not really anything the scariest thing is the the inept butler that tries to kidnap the cats the one thing though is is you know how all those old disney cartoons have like racist stuff in them Mm -hmm. um well this one doesn't most mostly like it pretty much is fine, uh, even though it takes place in French, in France, and could technically have been really bad. Was oh, this it the one no- with the Siamese cat twins? No, that's Lady in the Tramp. Oh, right, 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 right. But in the, the, at one point, um, O'Malley, the lead cat, takes the 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 the, the cats to this uh, to, in the, to this jazz show or whatever with these other these other cats, and they're cutting back and forth between them. And in in the main song of the sh- the movie is "Everybody Wants to Be a Cat." It's a pretty it's a pretty catchy song. But one one of the um one of the the musicians is like a Siamese cat who's playing uh piano right. and he's he's got like a ridiculous like the most the worst like if you google like aristocrat Siamese cat or whatever he, he just it just looks horrible like super racist the the most racist you can imagine but he is literally only on screen for maybe like 2 seconds in the entire movie as part of like a montage um, but it is funny because Disney Plus puts underneath these older movies, it puts like this little sort of disclaimer saying <laughs> portrayals of, uh, you know, uh, different cultures may not be up to snuff, you know. And uh, it, it's a funny little disclaimer, but uh, but very good. Um, and for movies like Dumbo and Lady and the Tramp, where it's really kind of egregious, it's really useful. But the Aristocats, the Aristocats has it as well. And I kind of feel like, well, it's really only for that one you know, <laughs> that one really racist cat that plays piano. He doesn't even get a line. He just plays piano. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Disney with the whole, they've had a lot of, like, cultural insensitivities in their old films, and I forgot about that one. So there you go. No. Everybody wants to be a cat. 
don't, don't sue us, Disney. I don't remember that. They, oh, they would be the ones. They would be the ones. Uh, but they can't sue us because we're quickly switching topics because that's how that works. It's like when you zigzag your podcast, the uh, the robots can't track you. Uh, Crofton says here you've got a new job. I don't know what you want to share about that job, but I did see a tweet where you quoted about uh, needing rollerblades. <laughs> Oh, uh, no, that was a Facebook thing. Uh, oh, that's your but, private Facebook. I'm so sorry I outed oh, you. Oh, no, it doesn't matter. Maybe I could do, make that a tweet. Um, but, you could But, have. no, it's, it's just um, I, I started a new job uh, this week. And, like, I mean, I, it's, I changed jobs. I work sort of in communications, and I change jobs roughly every four or five years. So it's kind of like a big deal for me. Like, it's – change it changes a lot of stuff there is a lot of stuff that's the same as you know where i used to work and but um but it's been a a really crazy week of like meeting people learning names and and jobs and 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 what i'm to do and what what they've been doing and stuff so it's been really uh it's been really interesting but it's uh it does feel like like a life milestone and the way that it ties in a bit to this show is is that it's it, it um, part of the reason I selected this job was to, to find a greater balance and like this show is all about that that balance and and um, you know the commute is much shorter. There's a grocery store across the street that does sort of delivery uh, that does like you know you can do an electronic order and so normally I pick up we pick up groceries on Sunday and it takes a big chunk of our Sunday. Uh, not just you know the pick, not just the picking up of groceries, which is much more streamlined with these online sort of orders that you can do. But like we also, there's some stuff they don't have, so we go to this other store and and, and pick up some stuff with the kids. It's a bit of it's a bit of an outing, but it takes a big chunk of our Sunday. And now like there's a grocery store across the street from my work, in which they do that. So tomorrow after work, I'm gonna you know pick up a gro- the groceries. I drive in. It takes me like eight minutes door to door. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just been, so that, like I get home, I'm able to do drop off of one of the kids. I'm able to pick up, you know, one of the kids and I work like a, you know, full-time job, whereas my wife has been working less hours to be able to enable some of this stuff. And now, now because of this new job, I'm going to have a lot more, uh, a lot more balance and a lot more, a lot more time. Like I'll probably, I probably get get and this is not an exaggeration but i'm probably gaining an hour every day um and uh that's pretty that feels pretty good you know mm-hmm. well that's good i'm glad that you're enjoying it uh thus far and it's a it's a work life balance thing so that's always exciting and uh as as stories of crofton steers goc continue we will update on this fine podcast and i guess uh, you know twitter watch 2020 have you created a Government of Canada Twitter account yet? No, and in fact, I regressed my Twitter account. Uh, so I had changed my Twitter bio to say that I, I was a communicator for the Government of Canada, as well as a podcast host par excellence and all of that. Where you talk about um, Amazon and poop. poop. Yeah, like I... I definitely, you know, I, I changed that, but then somebody made a really witty joke at my expense hmm. um, when I was leaving uh, public works. I had to sign something, and um, I asked, like, does this does this look good? 
and and she said uh, to me, she's like, it looks like a seventh grader trying really hard uh, to write something to write their name um, in a professional manner. And I said, okay, that's cool. <laughs> and, Bye. And, 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 and then then I thought to myself, I'm like a seventh grader trying really hard. That sounds like my whole my whole being in in a nutshell i'm gonna put that as my twitter bio so i took down took out government of canada communicator did not create a new twitter account Mm -hmm. and just wrote a seventh grader trying really hard instead (laughs) well it's funny that you mentioned writing because i uh i i had some material that i needed to get to toronto for a, a work trade show and uh, the person going was my boss's boss, and I'm thinking to myself, he wasn't there, but I had instructions to just sort of leave it. And I was thinking to myself, like, hmm, maybe I should leave a note, and you know, just so he knows what's in it, and you know, why it's in a box, you know, and and all that. Long story short, so I write this note, and after I finish the note, and then place the box on his table and close his door, which, as instructed. Uh, I'm thinking to myself like, well, point of no return. I just wrote a note on that box and my writing probably looks like a seventh grader trying too hard as well. So, uh, but I signed it. So he's going to know it was me. Um, I fear, I fear for my, will he though? Or will he just be like, what is this scribble on? I don't, maybe I no. I I think it was pretty clear who it was from, (laughs) but it wasn't like a bad note. It was just like, (laughs) I just Imagine that your name is written exactly the way Caden would write it, or 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 that that it's written even worse, like the R is backwards. You know, like like, Toys R Us, yeah, like yeah, or Kindergarten Cop. I think, Uh, yeah, it would be it would be written like that. They're like, oh Ryan, that scallywag. Yeah, it just but it is a joke, not for reals. Uh, No, I I uh, for some reason I just because he was uh, I guess they were taking the train or something, and he wanted to like sort of have. Not as much baggage, so I so I was instructed, you know, make sure it easily fits in a bag. So I go to Staples and I get the thing printed, and I'm like, oh, they put it in a small little handheld box, and I'm thinking to myself, like, well, he, he, can you put that in a backpack? Oh, do you have an envelope? But then I'm really like, oh, the box, it'll fit better in the box. So I'm sitting there spending all this time overthinking this whole thing, and then I write a note, and I'm thinking to myself, like, probably could have just left the box, and it would have been fine, but I don't know. Sometimes you just you, you you just overthink these things, and uh, at the end of the day, it all gets done. Everyone's happy. Uh, yeah, so we're life. just a couple of seventh graders trying real hard. And Ryan. you know what? That's what it feels like. This seventh grader wants to move on and talk about some dungeons. Let's delve. Let's delve deep into the world of The Witcher, which uh, came out on Netflix. Talk of the town, still the talk of the town. Now that they, they've announced that they're working on a uh motion length motion film length anime from the same producers maybe that's a way for them to kind of bridge the gap between the long anticipated wait of season two so we're gonna do slight spoilers or light spoilers or basically if you haven't watched the witcher you might want to skip ahead let's say 10 minutes or so if you check the uh time stamp in the in the show notes i will certainly put it in there because i am a good seventh grader trying really hard so crofton you watched the witcher on netflix i've watched it let's talk about it i did i did uh watch it um and uh my my wife um watched it with me um and was actually the driving force on on watching it and um i will say that like netflix is really um you know the the 
play their numbers close to their chest. They don't reveal the, the stats for their shows very, very often. Um, but they have been crowing about The Witcher. They've been saying essentially for a while that it was the number, you know, number two uh, of their their most watched shows of the year after the new season of Stranger Things. Um, the last year's season of Stranger Things. And my understanding, and I could be wrong about this, is that it's now the number one, like, most watched um, Netflix show of last mm-hmm. year, um, you know, like over over into this 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 year period. So a lot of people have watched it. And I will be honest, that kind of surprises me because I, I I grew up like watching these show fantasy shows and really being into fantasy and it being really niche and really like really like you know you almost got looked down on for for being in into into it uh i was into this show i think i mentioned this on this show before i was into this show roar with heath Heath ledger um and uh Mm. it got it got canceled after like 13 episodes uh and ali mcbeal took its place that's how old i am i've never heard Um, of roar before that's interesting no you oh you probably wouldn't have because it was one of those like 13, 14 episode shows. But if you Google image it, like you will see it was in the time of like, like, um, you know, Hercules and Xena and all of those shows. Oh. And um, but those shows were not on a main channel, whereas Roar was like on Fox, which was like a main a main channel. They were leading with the fantasy show. And I remember I, you know, like at that at that time. I'm a teenager or whatever, but my parents are seeing, seeing, I'm like watching some like sword and sorcery stuff and they're just rolling their eyes. So the fact the Witcher gets so many uh, people that are choosing to watch it and is, is really, really uh, impressive. And, uh, and I like, like, I liked it. I liked it quite a lot, actually. Like I, I I really did enjoy it. Like, what was your, what was your takeaway, Ryan? Like it, love it, Uh, hate it. For Roar? I never see it. Never no. Saw oh, you're talking the about Witcher. the Witcher. I'm so sorry. I was looking at pictures of War, and it's like it just looks like a poor man's night tale, which Heath was also in, right? Or was he? Yes, he was. Yes, yes, he was. Uh, but no, the Witcher. Um, you're right. I and I would I wouldn't even place it at the feet of it being fantasy in the sense that I didn't anticipate this show being good, and I think I lay that at the feet of the fact that the Witcher adaptations, while good, are very they're not they're not like mass appeal fantasy it's very i wouldn't even say niche but it's kind of in between it's not like game of thrones where it's like throw some dragons at it and kill a few people unexpectedly and you've got a hit hbo show um and that's being super reductive i'm allowed to do that since most people hate it now um but uh if you look at the witcher it it surprised me honestly i didn't anticipate it being good like netflix has had a weird track record and then you look at the show and it's like okay does it what if it like just kind of comes out and it's good but it's still a little bit of a fizzle like there's no way they do a second season so that's also in the back of my mind like i don't want to get too invested but sure enough i watched it and i was just like holy shit like this is i really liked it and i think but it felt like all set up like if they were not Mm. doing a second season it would be a huge kick in the pants because like really you've got these characters that essentially don't meet most of the series and then or, or or a big chunk of it, and like especially Geralt and Siri, who meet finally in the closing shot of the closing episode, mm-hmm. and um, and so like if you were like okay, you know that's it, no more, 
no more Witcher. Like they must have anticipated that season two was going to be a go or pretty much. And I think they renewed it. If, they I, did. if I recall correctly, they renewed it before it was even released. So they didn't even know how big a hit it would be. Uh, so um, they must have known like, okay, look. It's- they figured they had a hit on their hands. They announced the second season that it had been renewed for a second season, I think a month before the premiere. And everyone's like, okay, that's good. Because I think a lot of people have been wary about, about Netflix and their new series. Um, but what did, what did you think about, um, cause I think that the bone of contention most people are, are, are throwing out there is the, um, the way that the story was cut together, the chronology oh, no. and like, did you, did you find it difficult to follow or anything? I, here's the thing. I loved that mainly because it was balanced in a way that the, yes, it's a non-linear storytelling. And I know a lot of people don't like to pay attention when they watch their stuff. And I'm not, and, and here's the thing. I'm not saying I was fully paying hundred percent attention all the time when I'm watching this series. However, it's still all kind of clicked around like episode four or five. You start to see the very not so subtle nods to this being like to where everything is taking place. And that is made easier once you realize, oh, a majority of the main characters are immortal outside of um, not Dan. The guy's not Danny Lyon. That's the, the English version. But Yaskier, you know, the bard essentially being the only one that is hanging around with these immortals that is aging. But I mean, not to the point that it is, he's he's that different. Um, but yeah, I uh, I really like that nonlinear storytelling. I don't. I liked it, but I I like it, but I felt that they did a really bad job um, of like it's one thing to do nonlinear storytelling; it's another thing to not like flag it properly or make it c- clear. And they they did leave a lot up to to the audience, but I thought a little too much because even I knew with the time jumps happening, I'm like, okay, when does this take place? And where 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 are we right now? And I I um like in the Witcher video games, like in the Witcher, and now it is a video game, but like when you go to an area or even like they're setting the stage of of like flashbacks or different things, they put the name of the place and the year on screen in a very distinctive font. And I was like, could they not have just done that? Like, a, even if it was just like they they change areas and they change scenarios and they're like Vizima seventeen thirty two or whatever, and they just they just put it put it on on screen. Like, would that have been so bad to in terms of like helping us just a little bit? Because I I I really felt that. The, the cutting back and forth started paying off big time in the latter half of the season. But there was a part around the middle where it was really, uh, you know, I was getting, I was getting re- not confused, but I, I, cause I knew I'd read reviews and I, I had my eye out for these details, mm-hmm. but it just, it just felt like I had to work a little harder as a viewer than I needed to. Like I felt it could have been tighter. In it that it could have been a little bit tighter there. I think there were moments where, um series grandmother that was a little hard to follow and probably due to the fact that they had such great casting with series mother um that was a little confusing at parts because it was it was hard to tell because they use the same actress for uh uh series grandmother across all the the ages right and they just kind of like aged her up a little bit for for obviously when siri was a 
was it was a uh, an older teenager um but i mean that part didn't bother me i think i thought what would bother me was just the adaptation of the witcher you know having never read the books but played the games and then gone back to the games thanks to the series on netflix i was worried like oh how do you do a compelling sort of representation of the of gerald you know he's this you know long white haired rough rough talking rough acting character and and then they cast henry cavill and it's like well we only know him from most people only know him from superman and you know he's a good superman but given poor writing like how do you, it shows right and and again being a netflix thing like how do we know the writing's going to be good and he he nails it funny enough honestly i don't think we we felt he was going to be he like everything was against the show and i think that's why it came yeah, out so true. strong right because we all came yeah. in thinking there's no way they can do this. This is Netflix just trying to get their Game of Thrones on. And at the time, this was they announced this when Game of Thrones was was at its height, you know? So I will say that it made me think um it made me and I don't mean this in a bad way because I very much did enjoy the show. But like, okay, I've lumping jumping ahead a little bit here. Um and I think, you know, we we can talk about how this has led to the Witcher three getting more concurrent users on steam than it's had, even including the day that it launched. Um, People are watching the show and wanting to play that game. And I'm glad for that because the Witcher three is essentially one of my favorite video games of all time. And uh, at one point when I finished it, I was very comfortable seeing that. And, um, then time obviously time's gone on and i i think back and i i I look at games like red dead 2 and and how the technology is has pushed ahead and different things and i wonder i wonder like does the witcher you know did the witcher 3 necessarily still hold up so Hmm. i picked it back up uh and um i've started playing it and it's the first time i played on pc as well and uh um i it's i have better loading times that was one of my pet peeves on ps4 uh, and, uh, and I've just like, I pretty much finished white orchard, which is the opening area. But when I mean finished it, I mean, I've gone to every question mark spot. Ooh. I've done like, I've done everything that there is a pretty much to do in white orchard. Like I've just, I've maximized, maximized it. And part of it is just to be, to see, to, to get a sense of, am I in this again? Am I in it for the hall? The, you know, am I in this, uh, or do I just need to get my jollies out after watching the witcher? And, and and then I can move on. But man, that game is so damn good. And uh, playing it again, I was like, oh, it's so amazing. But it, so The Witcher 3, my point is, The Witcher 3 is one of the greatest, my favorite video games, one of the greatest video games ever. The Witcher, the TV show, I enjoyed, but I would never, ever say that it is one of my favorite TV shows of all uh, uh, of all time and it also to me made me think a little bit less of the source material and it was only when i was playing the witcher 3 again i was like oh no no no, this is really this is really good stuff because it very much simplify you know it simplifies a lot you realize like that nilfgaard and you know vizima and all there's not a lot of when you think of the multi-layers of game of thrones it's very it's very simplistic and so it should be because it's mostly about a guy out going out there hunting you know hunting monsters um but uh but it i find that works maybe i felt it felt 
very big and expansive and and with history as a video game but as a tv show i felt that it felt lighter like it felt like a a lighter piece of entertainment than it did as 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 a video game where it felt like more of a prestige piece of entertainment as a video game if that makes any sense Hmm. yeah i mean i i wouldn't even i wouldn't really call the witcher 3 one of my favorite all-time best video games it's up there it's great but um yeah i mean yeah i'm also not gonna say the witcher on netflix is is one of my favorite tv shows i don't even know if like i don't even know if i'm a big enough fan of tv to have like a favorite tv show of all time because they all they're never perfect i guess like breaking bad would probably be the closest show to being my favorite because it doesn't like last forever but The Witcher could could honestly be there. I think you're right. Like the non-linear storytelling does hold it back a little bit. Um and they have said the season 2 is going to be much more straightforward in the sense that we've we've gotten all the characters to where they need to be. Um but man, do do we do we need to talk about the fact that did you ever think uh, an original song in a Netflix series would still be sort of riding high? I think they announced that the the soundtrack was coming to Spotify today. Uh, as yeah, I, recording and <laughs> I read this bo- this article about how they really missed the boat on on that they really they, they're lucky that people are still kind of into that song and 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 talking about it but uh no that was that was a pleasant surprise for sure I love it when there's like a a, a musical piece be it like you know in Red Dead Redemption when you cross the border into Mexico or something like that um in in this show now it's 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 this this performance that just sort of um that resonates and, and exists beyond the piece like it's really cool so I, I i was happy to see that and i was honestly like seeing the monster stuff and the creature fights and like uh mm-hmm. and, and him doing his witching and in, in live action like it really made me want to play the witcher 3 i was like oh man it's so cool and like and how he's doing all that and it looked um, great too that was another thing like i know stranger things is really set us up for like what netflix can do from a from a from a cgi standpoint and i think i think they i think they nailed it um there was that's the first few episodes there's a scene where they there's that goat guy this um it's not the satire, is it? It's somebody. It was some. It was just a right. goat person. I think he's just in the second. Yeah, the elf episode. There. Yeah, and that was freaking creepy. But I mean, like, it, it was creepy in the sense that it it didn't feel like prosthetics. It felt like that was a goat guy walking around, right? And in the first episode, they have like the spider he's fighting, and that also looked really good. And then there were some drowners in there that looked like drowners. I don't know if they were actually. Oh man, the fight where he uh, where he goes after the what is it? The screecher, the scr- the scraggle squagger, scroll scroller. I don't. I can't remember what it was called. Do you know what I'm the talking one, about? Is it the one that he had to hunt at night in the castle? Yeah, 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 talking? yeah. And he's With like, curse, I, we have to fight. Curse, yeah, uh, the curse. What is that? Uh, oh, I forget, but like again, it's like one of those things where the bestiary in the Whisper Three is so awesome, and reading <laughs> yeah. out of a reading about all these creatures and how you have to go. Oh, there was a curse, and it happened at this time, so you have to do this and the other thing. Very, very cool. I will say, um, and this is again not to shit on The Witcher Three, which I, I I really enjoyed, and I I do believe like my wife enjoyed it even more than I did. She was really into it. Um, I loved all the G- Geralt stuff because I'm a huge fan of The Witcher the video game um again i didn't also read the i also didn't read the books and um so uh, Geralt stuff and the hunting of the monsters 
uh, series stuff, I was like, okay, like it ended up taking way, way, way too long. Um, it was, you know, she, okay, now she's in a forest and now there's a, uh, there's, there was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff there that just felt like it was kind of stringing her along for the season. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, Yennefer's stuff was, I think, really uh, strong uh, new content. I get the impression it wasn't, you know, like that in the book. And it was, it was funny because that was the stuff that was kind of differentiated it from the show that I had just watched, which was The Mandalorian. And um, The Mandalorian is just kind of funny because we live in a world where, you know, one of my favorite comic books in Watchmen, one of my favorite video games in The Witcher. Uh, one of my favorite franchises in Star Wars can all have live action shows starting weeks, uh, you know, premiering weeks apart. And my wife and I watched The Mandalorian uh, week to week, and she really, really liked that as well. But mm -hmm. it's again, it's a gruff dude who who says a man of few words, man of action, great sort of set piece, uh, set pieces. And um, I felt that The Witcher didn't like the fact that we watched those two shows back to back was a bit unfavorable for the witcher especially at first because mm -hmm. like it just felt that the mandalorian was such high quality um everything looked great sounded great felt great uh it was very uh, a very traditional type of story it was like a western but set in star wars world and uh, it had a very what i felt clear-cut artistic vision where I felt like that the Witcher's artistic vision was like, you know, let's let's copy this video game. And I know that it's based on the books, but Henry Cavill himself said that he he like pretty much imitated the voice actor from the Witcher video games in his performance as Geralt, right? Which yeah. is fine. I totally I'm like, don't get me wrong, I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying like the it was like dirty, dirty fantasy um uh but but I didn't I didn't have that same like you know it, you remember how um, the Mandalorian would end and there would be these the concept art yeah. uh, of the episode and yes The Witcher had all these pieces it opened with all these pieces of a medallion that eventually come together in the last episode like it says The Witcher and then there's a logo and then it all comes together so there definitely were artistic touches I'm not saying that there weren't but it just didn't feel like it had that high level prestige creative vision that maybe um you know a john favreau or something brings to the mandalorian yeah. again sounds like i'm shooting on it i'm not i loved it it was very good yeah and and the one thing i, I we said this pre-show the one thing i'll say about the mandalorian i also finished it uh but the mandalorian and the witcher were both shows that um were sort of the, the week to weeks that i was watching when when ashley was um out of the house or or already gone to bed because she's not she yeah she was not into either of those um those properties but uh the mandalorian i feel like the one thing i'll say about the mandalorian that i'm really happy about is that it's the good type of star wars that everyone's okay with as opposed to the good type of star wars that just tears the internet apart so i'm just really glad we don't have to deal with another sort of thing for the internet to just not like you know so i'm 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 actually excited and maybe that's to do with the fact that there's you know a baby yoda running around now that 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 has you know warmed the hearts of of many uh an internet goer but uh i'm looking forward to season two of both these these properties it sounds like we're going to be getting the mandalorian before the witcher season two we'll probably get the witcher season 
to when Mandalorian's in season three, but I I like live action television. I remember back in the day when we were, you know, when you and I were growing up, television was a graveyard for movie properties. You know, it wasn't what it is now where it is it is world building. I'm seeing, you know, news stories and and um and uh you know set shots for some of the other Disney Plus series that kind of pop up for, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I'm excited to see that. I know we're, we're all a little marveled out, but I like those characters and I want to see sort of a, a long form, you know, you know, dr- story based on, you know, the Captain America feel, right? So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited that I don't have to subscribe to Disney Plus nonstop because the kids still love Paw Patrol. But I think, um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm it's funny you mentioned that. I'm like, uh, now Mandalorian's over, uh, you know, like my kids are watching their shows on netflix still like they're not i i I don't know if i'm gonna keep it keep it up until something comes up that that i want to and that's a Mm -hmm. cool privilege that we could just say that okay let's just cancel this thing we're not on the hook for anything and and so i i like that i like that that a la carte option i will say that i i agree with all your points Um, mandalorian is um is definitely an awesome show and it's one of those things where uh, I did feel like with Rise of Skywalker that this is the last of maybe the the tentpole blockbusters. Like uh, I I'm not sure um, what is to come that's going to get everybody and their mother talking and and saying don't give me any spoilers on Twitter and mm. we're all going day one and and uh, like I maybe the Avatar two or something will eventually lead to some sort of hype but right now it just feels like um it, it feels like we're well away with no star wars or marvel or our or, or big marvel properties over the in yeah. the foreseeable future we're, we're kind of like so so where do we pivot we pivot to tv which is like it's getting harder and harder to get me out of the house to go see a movie mm-hmm. and uh, when you have shows like um the witcher uh, or the mandalorian and that it it, it for for a young parent that doesn't now does not have to get a babysitter, you know, and can get a big TV and 4K and watch in the comfort uh, of their own home a, a a great like high quality show that touches their specific interests. Again, like this is like I if I was younger, just to having one of these shows, I would think is like an abundance of riches like that. But now it's like, you remember Fox would try these things like Roar or Firefly and they canceled them like right away. And, uh, and uh, because they were, they were, um, they cost a lot to make at the time and they were, uh, you know, fantasy and sci-fi and superheroes, which is now much more, much more popular and everybody's trying to make it work. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I'd say the Witcher, I get like, if I was a reviewing person, I would give it, I would give it 7.5. Yeah, out of ten, out of ten. I I'd go. Uh, I'd just go a point higher. I think it's a solid eight point five. Not that seven point five is a bad mark. I just I think I yeah I enjoyed it a little bit more because I think it it reminded me very much of the games, but more in a way where like oh wow, both these products did a fantastic job at adapting this material, right. and and I haven't even read the material. I just feel like if I were to read the material. I could live in that world similar to how the Lord of the Rings adapted the Lord of the Rings. I feel like I while I haven't read those books to completion, having seen those movies, I could, I could jump into that world in the book 
and feel instantly connected because of how strong that adaptation is. Um, but uh, you know, you mentioned. Would, go ahead. I would give the I would give the Mandalorian a nine. Just okay. So, so uh, you're a Star and, Wars uh, guy, though. Like I think no. I would no, even no. go. I would go a little lower than nine. I, I thought it was all right, but yeah. Well, see, that's right. I'm a Star Wars guy. That obviously bears him. Uh, you know, like I and I would disclose that in any sort of official review that I was doing. But <laughs> I am is official. But I would I would point to you point out to you that I am a Witcher guy too. Like I, the Witcher is my favorite, or if not my favorite, top three favorite video games of all time i put in so many hours i really enjoy it uh now it it's i've never i think engaged with a piece of media uh that has made me so much want to play and or engage with another piece of media than watching the witcher has made me want to play the witcher 3 when i read all these things about how witcher 3 numbers go up i'm like oh god jesse we cannot watch that show i'm like if we watch that show i'm gonna want to play the witcher and i don't have time for that and uh, she's like you're not just show some restraint and uh and then of course we watch it and right around that time he's hunting um the curse uh the cursed uh woman in the um in the abandoned castle and he's doing all this stuff and he's drinking the potion and he's planning his thing and all that. I'm thinking to myself, I'm screwed. I got to play the Witcher three. God damn it. I'm screwed. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I, so I did, but I did that partially because my wife was occupying the TV. Um, and I have a PS4 game that I've been playing. And uh, so I, I had to use the computer or watch the show that she's watching that I unfortunately was not interested in. So I decided to get on the computer and I succumbed to the siren spell of The Witcher 3. But I am also playing a PS4 game called Jedi Fallen Order, which is also Star Wars. Um, and uh, Ryan, I know you've played this game. I'm not finished it. Uh, I'm, I'd, I'd say two-thirds of the way through, like maybe. Uh, and... Uh, I honestly have been enjoying it much more than I thought I would. Like, it's a pretty good game. Yeah. No, it's great. Like, I I, uh, I played all the way through, and I really, really enjoyed Fallen Order. I like the main actor um, from the early seasons of Shameless. I know he, he played all the way through it, but I, I never ended up finishing Shameless. But I... I like that era, you know, that era of betrayal after episode three where the clones basically take everybody out and it's the Wild West between like three and four and the Jedi are being hunted. It's pretty dark stuff, right? Yeah, and they leaned into that and I thought that was I thought that was cool. Another thing that but you know what I think I guess surprised me the most was that that I in the end or so far I actually don't care so much about the Star Warsness of it all. Like, that's not what's keeping me in the at the dance, if you will. Like, it's the it's if anything, it interferes with my enjoyment sometimes. Where I'm like, well, like, no, you know, a Jedi would be able to handle this much more easier than these guys. Like, he, I, you know, say what say what you want about difficulty, but there's no way that he would have this much problems against these three scout troopers or whatever. You know, like like part of me was get was getting very even though there's a storyline reasons for why he's repressed a lot of his abilities, and all, I still felt like a lot of as I'm playing through of it through it, and I've played a lot of Star Wars video games where you're like, you know, like uh, it's 
your guy can do a lot of shit and, and, and it's super powerful and it's deflecting lasers and is, you know, and I felt you feel much more vulnerable in this game. And that annoyed me at first. I was like, Oh God damn it. Trying to make everything like dark souls. You know, I'm a Jedi. It doesn't need to be super hard, but, um, as it went on, I'm like, no, not only did I really like that, I, I liked it as a game. I just find it's tightly designed and all the pieces come together so well. But if I think of it as a Star Wars property, it bothers me sometimes. Or if I think about it as something that's other than a video game, because it tries to be very cinematic. Because I'm not sure if you notice this. I notice it all the time. But like when you're walking around these levels and and – you're you're this as for people who don't know what this game is it's a third person action game you've got like a, a you know a lightsaber is your only weapon and you're going around these planets and the planets are like um they're not like open areas necessarily they're a bunch of like you know tunnels and rooms and and, and you, you need certain force powers to unlock certain things you know all that shit so it's it very metroidy and and um and dark soulsy and, and you can only save you can only like save at certain points where you're you're uh, able to. If you die and you hit the guy that killed you, you get all your stuff back. But mm-hmm. Anyway, very so dark very, Soulsy. Yeah, very very dark Soulsy, very Metroidy. So that out like, but if you look at it, Ryan, like when you're walking around these planets and you're thinking, if you think about anything from a logistics point of view, like anything like like that, bearing in mind that nobody else is a Jedi. So nobody else can force run on the side of walls and jump and 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 force pull vines to them and swing swing over these giant distances or whatever. Like if you or slide down all these these ice slides and like like it's really cool to play it. When you're playing it, you're like, oh yeah, this is super sweet. Look at me doing all this stuff. But then you're like, there's two stormtroopers standing on some ledge and you're like, how did you get to this ledge? You know, like <laughs> I just, I just know they don't have to, they, oh. they're, sta- they're standing there and they're like, Oh, there's a dude. And I'm like, yeah, there's not even a door here. Or like, how did you move this, this stuff from this location to this location? There's all it is, is like, you know, anyway, like as soon as you think about any logic, uh, logistics or any of the way that the world actually would function outside of being a video game space it falls apart so fast so don't do that mm. is what i did like i just think about it the whole thing i'm playing a video game and despite all the the you know uh the great voice acting and it's a very star warsian story and all that what what is the most fun is how it feels to play like how satisfying it is to to unlock shortcuts or to to, to have a, an awesome fight where you deflect things at the right moment and you pull these moves and you combine them in a really neat way to to make a difficult fight easier almost like it's a puzzle and yes it's really annoying when you think that you're a jedi and you should just kill all these dudes no problem but if you just enjoy it as a game it's a really really tightly made i find it a tightly made game it could almost like you could almost put like a witcher skin on it like if it wasn't for some of the things like he has got a force push and all of that as well like there's a it's very very similar in in there's it's not built into being like a a jedi almost anyway i very very much enjoy it i have not finished it yet but i it was also really nice to play a triple a friggin blockbuster video game i had not done that for a while i've been into the switch a lot and uh with gwen it's been great 
but to, to put in a game where all the graphics are super fancy and everything is awesome orchestral score and all things are blowing up and yeah, it, it's been a, it's been fun. So I recommend that game. It's worth shelling out the full price. For. Yeah. Well, I'll say, I'll say this about Jedi Fallen Order, uh, having finished it and not being a big Star Wars person, but appreciating Star Wars, uh, but also hating Dark Souls combat takes a bit of time to get used to it and i think you just have to you have to really lean into the parry system and and you just you know put push your you know your uh your sort of understanding of those concepts away because basically like you you can ba- you can block everything with your lightsaber including monsters sort of coming at you with with their claws so once you get by that of like a lightsaber not going through someone you when you block and just kind of accepting the video gameness of it um it, it's a lot easier to to get through the game but i agree with you very triple a experience respawn really nailed it knocked it of the park uh this is probably the best star wars game that's ever come out i i don't know if you could like i'm sure some of us have some nostalgia sort of for some of the older star wars games but in my mind if you put them all side by side i think jedi fallen order obviously it blows them out of the water i think they did a great job and you're right the story there's a lot of exploration they can they and room for exploration within that storyline they could easily do a sequel uh to this game not not gonna get into spoilers here but well you just spoiled something no (laughs) yeah it's got a good ending you know and i and i think that uh you could keep going with it from a sequel perspective perspective i mean come on it's star wars like i think that franchise is built on you know you know teaser and then circle wipe and big bombastic music credits like come on you know it's that 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 is that is the that is the franchise's mo well i i will say that like with stuff like rogue one that kills off the entire cast because you know that they can't really go on because it still does the it still does the circle wipe it ends with uh it ends with Darth Vader killing a bunch of dudes and yeah, and I know, but the but plan's like, getting not, away. It's literally yeah, a lead into the next movie. <laughs> oh no, I know it's a lead in, but it's not like it's not like Rogue One two or whatever. No, like, but it's it I'm is. just saying you're, the way you say sequel to this makes it sound like my assumption is my dude is going to die at the end of this game. Oh because really? He's, Cause yeah, because you're bad at the game. He's pretty badass. No, no, no. Uh, my assumption is that he's going to die at the end of the game because all the Jedi are dead in the original trilogy. Like, like I he's see, not in. Yeah. He's not in the original trilogy. So oh, there's some, a lot of characters that, are, that aren't in the original trilogy, though, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it, I, it feels like that he's got to die before the original trilogy. So it's just a matter of. Does it happen in this game, or does he kick around for another game before biting the bullet? I don't know. You know, like so. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I watch it. It's like <laughs> it's a series. It's a series. Like Jedi Fallen Order starts following like the movies, except like it's like the untold story of this dude who's like, "Hey, you didn't know, but stowed away in the back of the Millennium Falcon was an actual Jedi, and Obi Wan didn't detect him because you know whatever." And, well, I think once you finished it. We should chat because I think there's there's some there's some Star Wars in that their business worth worth chatting about. It, it's a, all right. I think it's a good story. I think it's a great game, and uh, I'm glad you're enjoying it. But I I was gonna say we, you mentioned a couple times while we were talking about The Witcher, and this, I'll make it quick, and then we can move into diapers. But um, I know you haven't watched Watchmen yet. I've watched yeah. Watchmen. Uh, all of it. 
all of it. Yeah, I binged it. I was away for work for like five days. So I literally like when I had a waking moment, I threw it up on the TV and just watched it. And I remember I never read the graphic novel. I know heresy. God, I know. Right. I didn't read Lord of the Rings. I didn't read the graphic novel of Watchmen. I promise. I know how to read. Um, I just for some reason, now that I have kids, I just I prioritize. I wish I read more and I wish I, I could you know build the time in to read more i just find that i i just i can't stay focused there's too many video games to play man and a lot of that is reading so i read uh anyways a lot of that is it is uh <laughs> subtitles anyways the watchman or hbo's watchman uh i've seen the movie i know i get it guys it's a bad movie or not a great movie or however you want to look at it i understand the underpinnings of what's missing in the movie in terms of the ending from the comics which you need to know because the HBO series is a sequel to the comics, not the movie. And I, f- I really appreciated uh, Watchmen. And I also appreciated the fact that there was news that season two will not happen based on uh, Lindelof, you know, stepping away uh, from season two. He basically said, look, like, I give you my blessing to do a season two. I'm not going to stand in the way. However, I will not be involved because I've told the story I want to tell. And... I really, I really liked it. I don't know. It's hard to explain without basically talking about the story, but I really feel I would, since you're a fan of the comics, I would really like to know sort of your feelings on it once you've had a time to watch it. Because I think those are the opinions that really matter when talking about sort of the, uh, the story. But in terms of the look and feel of the world and the and the world building they've done and the mystery that they're sort of unveiling to you, I really appreciated that. I really thought it was it was well done and kind of heralded back to what I wanted in The Leftovers and kind of got, but like really spread out over three or four seasons and then wanted in Lost, but was also spread out over like six seasons and then kind of landed with a thud. This kind of is a complete telling from Lindelof that really fits his style of storytelling from like the mystery box and the JJ Abrams and all that stuff. So interesting. I am, I am very keen on seeing, seeing it. And one thing that I find interesting is cause like, again, for me, I, for watching a show, I got to kind of sell my wife on it too. Right. I got to be like, let's watch this together. And she, she to my knowledge has not watched or a red watchman or had any real interest for it. And it is a, it is an Alan Moore work, which means that it has never been particularly big on female characters or protagonists. Not as bad as Frank Miller, but Alan Moore is definitely uh, t- tends to skew more to, to male male stories. And um, and, and and so like I, you know, she has an, a tremendous. In- she doesn't have a tremendous interest in it. So you, not knowing very much about Watchmen or not having a big interest in it, you were able to like get invested into this particular series, enjoy it, want to find out what happens next and stuff. Sounds like that she might be able to as well. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, it's told primarily from from the perspective of um, the main character. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember her name, but I know she is uh, sort of a... See, I don't know what to say without like... It's... 
it's really it's a really good story it's told from you know a female uh, perspective it's definitely like she's the main character and everything is happening around her i think most episodes focus on her so i i really liked it i think the first episode is a really good presentation of what to what you're going to get through the rest of the season so again if you have to present sort of like a taster uh in terms of watching it in in your home uh, i think that the first episode works really well because it sets up the characters sets up the world sets up everything within the watchman world that you know from the comics and presents the weird what the hell is going on type mystery right even even in just small little sprinkles of of sugar on top and i think that that'll be enough to sort of intrigue um, both of you to, to keep watching and that's what kept me watching there are a couple episodes that are a little slow you know as they kind of step away from the mystery and focus elsewhere but those moments are still in my mind really strong I mean this isn't new a lot of people have been really you know speaking praise of of Watchmen uh, on HBO but there's just been so much in terms of content happening now like I I'm a big fan of uh, uh, his dark materials uh, I read that book series when I was in high school and college, and I really liked it. See, I do read. And that's another whoa, HBO whoa, whoa. <laughs> You read the book? I did. I read the books, all three of them. Yeah. I was really into those books. I think it might have been like me rebelling against the Catholic school system, but who knows? Because um, they are like hardcore anti-religion. Not hardcore, just they have some, they have some moments. There's a polar bear in it that definitely gets in fights, which was pretty rad as well um it's kind of like diablo it's got to like the angel demons thing it's not really telling a message but like that sort of stuff is like displaying that sort of story is frowned upon so to speak but uh yeah i want to watch that one as well but didn't hear as great things as i heard about the watchman you know or sorry watchman uh but yeah no i i i look forward to hearing your thoughts once you've had a chance to work your way through it it's a quick watch it's a a quick nine hours i'll say all right, I will put it on the list. Put it on the list. Get it past the get it past the test. The board of approval. The board of approval. We are the board that says yes, we will watch Watchmen. Um all right, well let's move into the diapers. We're going a little long here, but we've got some good updates here. Uh I will say this, I celebrated Caden's 4th birthday yesterday. It's crazy to think he's 4. <laughs> it's it's moving along it quite quickly. So it is it is funny and happy birthday, Caden. It is funny to think that he is four, but at the same point, it is like the fact that you guys are expecting your third hmm. child and that there is a baby and there's a you know Abby in between puts it much more like for me much more of a perspective sometimes i think Caden is much older than he is uh, because uh, you guys had had your kids so close together like um uh, so so de- definitely like it, it's crazy it's crazy that he's already four but at the same time it's also like you know in a few in a few months you guys will be three children and, yeah and he'll be the big guy that they will all follow you know so. well i think he's already like he really enjoyed his birthday he uh he you know he got he got some some little gifts and stuff and we just had christmas so we didn't want to overwhelm him we still got a couple more parties to go you know the big uh, so i was away last weekend so we moved his family party to this weekend um but he is starting already to be that that big brother both in a good and a, and a bad influence in the sense that um, because we have the third coming, uh, 
the third child coming uh, in a couple months, we've now transitioned Kate and Abby to sharing a room because we needed the room for the baby, right? Because of naps and all that fun stuff. So we bought a bunk bed in the summer and we separated the bunk beds so that, you know, Caden and Abby could could uh, be in the same room and have separate beds. Uh, so now, like, it's bedtime's a whole other, you know, puzzle in the sense that not only are you trying to get them into the bath, get them bathed, get them dressed, you're now not separating them. It's like, okay, it's time to go to bed, say goodnight. And, and you have that routine that we've had for years. And now it's all of a sudden like, no, now the two of you, where you get to spend all day together talking to each other and hanging out. Now the two of you are going to continue to be together, but the expectation is that you're going to not hang out and you're going to sleep. So they take turns now in the evening kind of harping on each other. And to, and sometimes it's to the point where it's like one it's usually one or the other that wants to go to sleep and the other one wants to kind of just stay up and chat. And today, so Ashley works Thursday nights today. I I was telling you that I got the kids down and I had to keep going up there and say, look, you guys need to sleep. Go to sleep. Stop talking. Go to sleep. Get back in your bed. Here's some water. It was like a nonstop thing. And I'm just hearing noises upstairs and I'm just thinking like, man, maybe they'll just go to sleep if I just like leave them be like maybe they're just bored or something. Sure enough, it goes quiet. I go up there. The reason Abby didn't want to sleep is because she wanted to sleep with Caden. So I go up there and they're both like cuddled up in the same bed. And I'm just like, Okay, that's super adorable, but you can't, you guys can't do that. Like, you're going to be waking each other up, and then I'm going to have to get up at like two in the morning. <laughs> so, because that is like the quintessential, like, adorable kid story. Like, I, I have other friends who've said stuff like similar, you know. Um, uh, one of my friends said, like, you know, the, the young, uh, the younger child was like sort of crying because he's starting to get scared of the dark. And then the older child, like, pulled a match pulled like a pulled a match out whoa not not a match but a mat i was gonna say a mattress but it was like more like a sleeping bag type right, thing right into the floor of his brother's room and like held his hand when he's falling and then then they went in and they found like they found they were downstairs and they came up and they just found them holding hands like one's in the crib with their arm hanging out yeah. and the other the other's holding and they're falling asleep and it, it's just like you know it's just like one of those like heart-wrenching like super cute moments and ryan's like god damn it they're so <laughs> I'm, I, I'm gonna I'm have to monster i'm gonna have to move these kids now what the hell no like, but how, I, did, <laughs> how did this happen and you're, you're I thought it was yeah. cute, and, and and yeah, you're right. I am kind of like jumping straight <laughs> to the the norm the the normal parent conclusion of like, oh god damn it! Now I gotta like do work, and then it's like Indiana Jones. I gotta hope like I don't wake them up. But but the thing is, Abby has kind of inherited Caden's inability to wake up at, at a certain point uh, of their sleep cycle. So essentially, I could like, and Ashley probably already has gone up there on our way to bed and just like scooped Abby up, put her in bed, covered her up, scooped Caden up, rearranged him, put him back in bed and, and got his covers on him. And they'll be fine. None the wiser. But I just, I did find it pretty adorable. And I don't know what I expected when I went up there and I, and, and it like Abby had like pulled her pillow over and she brought her blankets over and, and Caden just, he was already probably half asleep when it happened. But yeah, you are right. It's kind of funny that it might, my reaction is, oh, that's adorable. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to deal with that probably after we finish recording. But uh, it's a 
it's a work in progress. Our hope is that the two of them will stabilize back to their normal sleep schedules once, you know, before the third kid comes. Because that's what Ashley was saying. Like, we need to get them okay in their room, sharing a room before this new baby comes so we don't have to deal with two transitions instead of the, just the one right yeah i got so much so busy caught up mocking you that i didn't i didn't give you guys credit for getting them to share a room i mean especially at those ages i know it's common to a certain extent but like that that's like me imagining clara and gwen sharing a room and it just feels so tough right now that that i give you guys full credit for making it happen um so uh so that's awesome on my side for the diapers um, I said that I would talk about this last episode, and since last episode, we have gone two more times. I've been teaching Gwen how to ski or get her in, get her into skiing, and um, what's great. And Gwen is five, so like she's she's um, now uh, has an interest in all this. Um, I come from like my brother is a big time skier. Uh, he goes in. He's in ski competition still. Uh, I. I skied my, my whole youth and I'm big into skiing. I was fortunate to grow up with a bunch of little ski hills nearby, um, including the one that we go to called Ski Borlage. Come ski the difference. Um, and it's uh, I, you do I, their I, marketing. Oh, I should. Yeah. Uh, it has the greatest little kids hill in the region. Like, it, it, although the lift is possibly the oldest piece of machinery working in Eastern Canada. Um, the, uh, but uh that it, it is it is really a great bunny hill, like great learner's hill. And Gwen has an ample dose of fear. Like she is scared. Um, and so uh, so skiing was always going to be a tall order. But we've really like each time like she pushes it a little further, tries a little bit uh, more stuff. And I'm still like holding her like uh, at first it was like I was. I, I had her sort of between my legs going down the hill to get her used to it. Then I was skiing backwards, holding her hands. And, and so she was skiing, but like I'm controlling the speed. And now I have like a pole that I hold and she holds onto one end and I hold on to the other and we ski side by side. And again, I can control the speed. So I'm working on getting her to do this snowplow or pizza or however you want to call it when you s- slow down uh, the, the technique you t- you teach kids to sort of make a triangle with their the tips of their skis without crossing them. So I'm working on that. Um, but yeah, she's really, really into it. She keeps every run ends with her with this huge smile saying, I love skiing in it. Uh, and, and then, um, uh, you know, I, the reason she got into it, I think was because I said, uh, Hey, you know, when daddy was a kid, um, Oh no, she discovered a slush puppy at a deep like at a corner store at one point and i let her have a slush puppy and and uh, i'm like that's like a dessert you know like you can't have ice cream or anything tonight because you had that slush puppy and she's like i don't care it's so good and and then i said you know i used to have slush puppies when i would go to the ski hill um i go skiing and then afterwards i'd have a slush puppy and and ever since then she all of a sudden showed a big interest in skiing it turns out her i think her interest was more in slush puppies but uh but yeah, we've had a slush puppy each time, and uh, it's been pretty awesome. So uh, yeah, skiing uh, is is a great great father daughter thing to do, or father son uh, thing to do. Really, sort of fun winter activity in Canada. You need to find them because, god damn it, it's cold. Well, you know, slush puppies are also a really great 
thing to do as well. So I tried to talk her into hot cocoa. I was like, it's cold. Want me a hot chocolate? And she's like, no, slush puppy, daddy. I was like, all right. But it's like you're, 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 you're enjoying snow. Like you're just doing snow inside, outside. Like why not, right? Doing snow. <laughs> yeah, I realized I said that aloud. <laughs> talking about your young daughter. And I'm thinking like, yeah. mm, hopefully no one else catches that. But yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah, caught it right. Okay. And good. the last, the last thing I'll say just before, uh, before uh, moving on is, <laughs> is it like sometimes it's too cold to go outside, and so like we've been looking for video games to play, um, and uh, we, uh, I don't know how we stumbled into just Dance 2020 on the Switch. I think it was like a combination of the dance at kindergarten. And Jesse was asking me something like, is there a dance thing that we could get? And I, I, I got it. But anyway, I downloaded uh, Just Dance 2020. I've never downloaded a Just Dance game before, which is funny because this is the 10th anniversary of Just Dance. So it's like an anniversary edition and it has like songs from old versions of Just Dance and stuff. Um, I'd never played Just Dance before. I kind of got the idea, like you mm-hmm. dance. Uh, but I wasn't quite sure how it could... Um, detected your motion but it is super made to be played with kids not only is there a kid mode that allows them to do all these like kid songs and sort of kid dances but there is like a co-op mode which was really important because Gwen and I were originally like playing head-to-head and she was getting legitimately upset when I would school her with my awesome dance moves because she was a child and I was an adult um but uh but then i turned on co-op mode and it, and it was fine it's not a very precise like i'm used to precise rhythm, rhythm games like beat saber or rock band where you press a button or you do something and it's like one to one and you understand i find just dance it's like it's very sort of loosey goosey mm-hmm. as dancing is you know and they give you oh perfect super good score you know and i'm like okay and then they see, oh, you missed that. And I'm like, did I really, though? It seemed like that I did okay there. So, but if you don't care about, like, high scores and all of that, you just care about getting a bit of a sweat on and, and, and playing with your with your kids and, and in getting some exercise inside, it's a good fit, man, for the Switch. Yeah. And it co- comes with a month of um, this thing called Just Dance Unlimited, which is um, – God, I wish they'd had this for Rock Band back in the day. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, it's like a monthly, so, so for um, it's a monthly fee, fee that you pay, and you get access to every song ever released for Just Dance, um, and and more. Uh, but the thing is, they give you the first month free. So, uh, and you don't have to subscribe, like you don't have to put in any credit card information. It's a complimentary month for buying the game. So what's great about that is that is that like we're not going to probably be playing just dance more than a month like we're not going to be just dancers over and over it's a new novelty we're having some fun and all this but now i have like hundreds and hundreds of songs that we can that we can pick from and they stream them immediately like there's no download or whatever it's just like you're in right off uh like there's a whole bunch of disney songs there's you know so it's, it's great. Yeah, it's great like that. I wish Rock Band had had that instead of all the DLC. Like there's so much I wanted, but it's too cheap to buy Rock Band tracks. But if there's like a Rock Band Unlimited where I could have just like signed up for that and gotten access to all the Rock Band catalog, well, I, I would have probably gotten that for a couple of months, you know? 
Mm-hmm. I, don't know if you, I don't know if you played Rock Band. You're pretty young. I did play Rock Band, and I think the DLC was, oh, man, it was expensive. But um, sometimes your favorite song got added, and it was oh so worth it. But uh, in, the, in the case of Just Dance, I've played that one as well. This was maybe, gosh, almost like six or seven, even ten years ago when Ashley and I started dating. Ashley has two younger sisters, and they were very much into Just Dance. So whenever we would come over, I would come over for for family gatherings on her side of the family. I was the oh the the new boyfriend, but he played video games. So of course, these uh, you know these younger women they were playing Just Dance. That's their game, and I'm like, all right, well let's see how this works. And you know, with Just Dance, you kind of learn that you just need to worry about sort of the the Wiimote you're holding because we were playing it on the Wii at the time. Yeah. And uh, you could just kind of you could kind of fake it, and and obviously they were all into it. They were all dancing, and I was kind of like just kind of doing doing the moves. You know, I'd dance, but not really like quite as flourishly as they did. And then I also had the connect, and I said, "Well, the bo- beauty of the connect is that you can't fake it." So then they started to kick my butt because of course they were dancing for real, and I was I was I couldn't keep up. But I yeah. I have played quite a bit of just dance, and I feel like that was. Uh, that was probably a story that was told at my wedding, honestly, by by the my younger sister in laws. But I did crush I like, them in I, Just Dance. I do like that that it's like Just Dance is so so old now. Like, and again, it was just the tenth anniversary, but also that you've had so much happen in ten years that you had just started to date Ashley, and that now you're expecting your third child. You know, after getting married and all of this, and <laughs> there's a there is a new just dance out and you could celebrate your your third child by having her how many months pregnant is she uh eight Not, months eight months perfect for just dance 2020 yeah that's you what know, i get, need get, early labor yeah <laughs> get her out there get her on the floor no um no yeah. we can wait it's fine uh, it's fine. It's fine. They're in the same room. They share a room now, Ryan. What are we waiting for? Exactly? I mean, they share the same room, but there's they were up last night at 1. It wasn't too bad, but they were up this morning at 5:30, which is uh hell on earth. But uh yeah, I think uh, I think that's going to do it for a show. Uh we'll go out on that comment and yeah, thank you so much everybody for listening. Crofton, thank you so much for joining me. We're back. We took a little bit of a we took a week off there, but we're back uh yeah 2020 it's the year yeah it's the year of baby uh the year of something i don't know toss a coin at your witcher and uh peace out and And star wars is awesome it is awesome and go skiing and go skiing yes and and just dance and all at the same time just dance while skiing on your nintendo switch because it can be done that's a commercial waiting to happen all right, let's uh, let's mosey on out of here. Visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad. Email the show, dad at tgistudios.com. Follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at rmurphy and Crofton at Crofton Steers. That's going to do it for this episode of Dungeon Diapers. Have a great couple weeks, y'all. Bye, everybody. I'm dancing. Just dance. Does that voice happen in the old Just Dance? Where, where I don't when remember. You, well, you select a song and then it goes like dance or just dance. Like it's very like it's, it's just this little whisper almost. It's like, like EA where, Games. <laughs> <laughs>